media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Hey, good morning. It's a good day. I almost took BK out right there. Um, but uh, as you can tell, Bobby's not here. Um, him and Carly, Carly and him are down in uh, with family celebrating a baby dedication today. So it's awesome that he gets to be with family and do that on a Sunday. So I'm super excited to be here. Um, we're in the Advent series, and last week Bobby talked about Wonderful Counselor. Um, today we're going to look at Mighty God, and then over the next two weeks we'll look at Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Okay, um, So open your Bibles, um, and, and because I do kids ministry and student ministry, hey, lift up your Bible. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. Hey, we need this, right? We need this. Right? So if you've got your Bible, hey, and if you don't have a Bible, hey, come see me. I want to get you a Bible. Alright? No strings attached. I just love you. And we all need Bibles. So if you don't have a Bible, come see me. I want to get you a Bible. Okay? Um, but open up your Bibles. We're in Isaiah 9-6. Isaiah 9-6. Um, and it was on the back screen, but now it's not. Um, For to us a child shall be born. To us, a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Right? Real simple. It's it's prophetic words about the coming Messiah. Every story in the Bible, Old and New Testament, are about Jesus. Okay? Every story in the Bible, Old and New Testament, is about Jesus. Okay? And, and we're going to look at the, the phrase mighty God here in a second. But before we get there, um, I, wanted, I want us to read something that's kind of really not even with this, but with this. Um, we're going to go to Philippians 4, 4 and 5. We're going to go to Philippians 4, 4 and 5. I know Bobby's not here. Jeff's here. It's raining outside, so you don't have yard work to do. So we might be here a little bit long. Okay? Okay? Um, so don't tell Bobby, all right? Uh, it's, it's raining out. You really can't do anything. Football doesn't come on till 1 o'clock. And so you're fine, okay? Just embrace, be with it. But um, Philippians 4, 4 and 5 out of the Amplified says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, take pleasure in Him. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, your unselfishness, your mercy, your tolerance, your patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. So two weeks ago, I had to go home to Florida. My mom is sick. She was in the hospital. Um, and on my way home, seven hour drive, the Lord talked to me, told me, I was listening to podcasts, I was listening to music, and these verses came up. We're in the Christmas season, right? We're in the Christmas season, and we need to understand what's going on. And so, Philippians 4, 4, and 5, this is a command from God. Rejoice! And once again, I'm not the smartest, I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box. I'm not a 100-watt light bulb, I'm like a 15 
right? I'm like a 15 watt. Um, but when I see scripture and he says, rejoice in the Lord always, I will say rejoice. He says it twice, right? So if we take the Ten Commandments, he said, hey, do not murder. Guess what he didn't say twice? Do not murder, right? Or, hey, don't have adultery. He didn't come out and say, hey, I said don't have adultery. Don't have adultery, right? So he wants us to rejoice, right? And we need to take notice. And and, and our people, and I pray this comes out right. And when I said it in my head, it came out right. When I wrote it, it came out right. So are people envious of what we, you, me have? Okay, are people envious of what we have? And when I say that, I'm not talking about in a prideful, not past the, not past the reefs, right? Okay, um, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, I got to rejoice. Not in a prideful or boastful way, but are people envious of what we have? Right? But in a joyful, peace, calm, or in the scripture, in our gentle spirit. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. So under your chairs, um, you get one. Under your chairs, there's a little thing. I know, don't fall over while you're trying to get it. Okay? Don't fall over while you're trying to get it. Under your chairs, they'll hand you one. They got enough right there behind you. Under your chairs, there is a little mirror. Alright, I know I just made a big mistake because y'all aren't gonna, y'all aren't gonna listen to me for the next 30 minutes. But everybody has a little mirror. If not, get one from, stop Andy. Um, if not, get one from a seat beside you. But the reason you have this little mirror is because I want you to look at yourself. Right? Our people, does your face, does your words, Do your actions show rejoicing? Right? And I want this mirror to be a remembrance of what Philippians 4, 4, and 5 says. Because the Christmas season is here. We are going bonkers trying to get to this chorus concert, get to this band concert, get to this work party, buy the right gifts, do all this stuff. That's the wrong reason for the Christmas season. His word says we're to rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And so I want this mirror. And and I know, please, guys, after we're done right here in this next minute, put it away. Because the Lord wants to talk to you. But I really want this to be a remembrance of, hey, just look, are you rejoicing? Right. Does your face, do your actions, do your words say rejoicing, right? So just hey, take this home and put it somewhere where you're going to see yourself because the Lord wants us to rejoice and our lives should be different than the world around us and they should want what we have. All right, so now let's dig into the mighty God. Put your mirrors away. Don't make me come take them. So let's dig into mighty God, Jehovah, Yahweh, right? Those are, those are words for God. El, which is singular for Elohim, God. In Hebrew, El Gibber means the mighty one or God. Some say hero or champion, right? 
All these different words that we have out there. Mighty God is a reminder of God's or Jesus' power and strength. I know I'm screaming. I'm sorry. It's going to be terrible. My wife's got to work so hard to bring me down. And his ability to help us overcome every obstacle. The Messiah, Jesus, will be a brave and powerful leader, ruling over armies of God like no king before him. And these, these scriptures aren't up on the screen, so I apologize. I was trying to give the, the assistant not have to put all these in. But in Deuteronomy 10.17, in Deuteronomy 10.17, it says this, For our Lord, your God, is the God of gods, big G, little g, is the God of gods and the Lord, big L, little L, Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. That's who our God is. He's the big G. Everybody else is the little G. He's the big L. But guess what? He's the big L. He's never taken an L. I just want to tell you, the Lord has never taken a loss. Right? Just deal with that. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus Christ had a different kind or style of leadership than what the people were looking for. Right? We need to understand that. The Messiah was coming. The prophetic word from Isaiah that this wonderful counsel, this mighty God, this everlasting Father, this Prince of Peace was coming. But all they could see was what was right in front of them. All they could see, they wanted King David. They wanted someone that's going to take the sword and just slash some people. Right? That's what they wanted because that's all they could understand. Um, but he brought a kingdom with prince, with, ah, but Jesus brought a kingdom principally based on servant leadership and life change. Servant leadership and life change. That's not wielding the sword. Right? And we have to understand that. He, or Jesus is called, God manifested in the flesh, God over all, the great God, the living God, the true God, the eternal life, the mighty one. Right? So we have God, we have Jesus, the three in one, we got the Trinity. But all these names, all these different terminologies were referenced to Jesus, the Messiah, the prophetic word coming of mighty God. Right? His mighty works or miracles are while here on earth. In Luke 5.17, Luke 5.17, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Once again, The mighty God, the Messiah, Jesus Christ coming. His mighty works, His miracles while here on earth. Healing diseases or ailments. By a spoken word or by simply touching a person. By individually simply reaching out. Having faith just to try to grab the cloak. Because He's the mighty God. In Luke 6, 19, it says this. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. That's a mighty God. 
That's a mighty God. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. All of this was done without medicine. I'm not saying anything wrong with medicine, right? But God created the people to make the medicine. Medicine is good. But Jesus did all of this without medicine because he's the mighty God. Disposing of evil spirits out of the bodies of men and women. Luke 4.36 says this. Amazed, the people exclaimed, What authority and power this man's words possess. Evil spirits obey him and they flee at his command. That's a mighty God. That's the Messiah coming. That's the prophetic word from Isaiah saying, hey, this is coming. This is all of his earthly ministry while he was here. He had power over the elements. Turning water into wine. Calming the winds in the seas. Raising the dead. Bobby talked about that last week in his wonderful counselor where he raised Lazarus. And it's pretty funny. We were, we were teaching in the back last week about Lazarus as well. We wrapped up some kids in toilet paper, right? To be wrapped up, right? God is so good. We're teaching the same thing that he was teaching in here and we didn't even talk about it, right? That's how good our God is. That's how powerful our God is. Um, Jesus' supernatural acts confirmed that he is mighty God. Listen, Jesus' supernatural acts confirm that He is mighty God. Paul says this in Acts 2 that I did not write down. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through Him in your midst. Just as you yourselves know. Once again, these Jesus' supernatural acts confirm that He is mighty God. Paul talks about it in Acts 2. It's all over. The resurrection is, the more, is more proof that Jesus Christ is the mighty God. If we look at the resurrection, Jesus had the power to lay down His life and also take up His life. He is seated at the place of honor at God's right hand. Once again, prophetic words from Isaiah, the mighty God. He had the power to lay down his own life, to raise his own life, to prove that he is mighty God. Right? Calling the lost to salvation. There's nothing better. Right? That's why we're here. Calling the lost to salvation. Just as the kids sang about, let me tell you about my Jesus. If we're not telling people about Jesus, we're not helping our mighty God. Right? Bearing all the sins, bearing all their sins on the cross, making dry bones alive again, giving spiritual sight to those who were blind and dead. Jesus Christ will come again. And that's what Advent, that's what we're talking about. The first coming, the second coming. In Matthew 24.30, Matthew 24.30 says this. And then, at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming. 
will appear in the heavens, and there will be a deep mourning among these people on earth, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. With power and great glory. And to prove Isaiah's mighty God prophecy true, as the hands of the kingdom, uh, as he hands the kingdom over to his heavenly father after he destroys all the enemies. And so we kind of get, not really, we kind of get all that stuff. Raising people from the dead, you know, healing the lepers, parting the Red Sea. I mean, you know, not parting the Red Sea. Healing on the, on the boat with the, with the disciples, calm in the sea. We understand a little bit of that stuff. But the mighty God that we're not going to understand, that I don't believe we're going to understand. We looked at it for a few weeks back in Revelations when Bobby was in 21 and 22 of just the end times. That's the mighty God. He's been mighty all this time, but our finite brains cannot even imagine what that's going to look like. To bound Satan, to, to, to free everybody. We just don't get it. And the sad part, we live lives like that. And that's why, once again, don't pull your mirror out. But we go back, we need to look. Do I believe what this says? Do I believe the stories in here? If not, why not? It's never been proven wrong. I promise you. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 27, this is where it's talking about, just as he, as he said, at the end, Jesus gets to hand the kingdom to our Heavenly Father. After the end will come, after that the end will come, when He will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until He humbles all the enemies beneath His feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For the Scripture says, God has put all things under His authority. That's the mighty God we're talking about. All things are under His authority. There's not a little bit over here, a little bit over here, kind of like we do in our life. Right? Birth of babies. Sickness. We, te- we, we tend to usually turn those over to Jesus. We say, Lord, help us with this. But getting up to go to work. Raising our kids. Being a neighbor, we think we could do those pretty good by ourselves. Right? We don't ask mighty God for help in that. And that's where we miss it. That's where we miss it. He's here to help us with all of it. And When we think about it, there are people driving right now, going past Cornerstone Church. There's about 40 empty seats in here. Our mighty God came for all. 
We shouldn't have 40 seats empty in here. We shouldn't. Who did you invite this week? I'm going to step on some toes. I got on sandals, so I'm stepping on my toes. Who did you invite this week? Who did you tell about Jesus this week? What did your life say at work when chaos was happening? Were you rejoicing? Or were you being a cactus? Right? Because some of us can become real prickly. And I'm one of them. And our mighty God. And I was writing as, as they were singing... Shine your light, let the whole world see. Shine your light, let the whole world see. Shine your light, let the whole world see. Or, the Lord God Almighty reigns. My question right after that was, do we believe this? The Lord, the Lord God Almighty reigns. Worthy is the Lamb. Do we believe it? Or are we just playing? That's the scary part. Our mighty God is here to help us. He's here to direct us. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Those are all the things that God are. That's not His attributes. That's who He is. And we as Christians, we as Christ followers, we as people, we have to stop playing games. Social media, it's so easy now. Social media is so easy. Because we do, we put everything on here. We put everything on here. But why aren't we inviting people? Why aren't we telling people? Why aren't we excited about what he's doing? And maybe, maybe we need a gut check, right? Maybe we've just been going through the motions. You know, as I said, I was in Florida last week. My mom and dad aren't believers. And, and spending 13 hours in a hospital or a nursing home, those are long days. And trying to get her to understand, and I know I shouldn't say it like that, trying to see, I wanted her, I wanted, be, I wanted to rejoice. I wanted her to see something different in her son. Because I want her to understand that there is something different. That there's a mighty God. She has a bleeding ulcer, but there's a mighty God. I really don't care about the bleeding ulcer. I know the healer. I know the Savior. I know the one true King. And those are the things that we have to figure out. If our kid is autistic, if, it's, if, if, if we just lost our job, if there's death on the horizon, if, if we just failed a test, I don't know. Those are all temporary. I promise you. Because we have an everlasting father. And everlasting means forever. And that's what we have to figure out. Is what does that look like? And for us as Cornerstone, what does that look like? Is it making stockings for our neighbors at the assisted living center? Right? I don't know. 
I go to see my dad at, the, at a nursing home. There are people in there that never, ever get a visitor. Heart-wrenching. Right? And I'm sure Manor Lake is that way. And guess what? All of us have time. We just like to fill it with stuff. Right? We all have time, but... It, or we all... We all have time, but is our time filled with people? Right? And that's where Cornerstone needs to be set apart. I say this often. If Cornerstone closed down, would anybody in the community, other than us 100 or 150 that are here today, would anybody know? It's a scary question. Because if not, then we're just a social club. Right? And when we're talking about mighty God... We're talking about he can change the world. He has changed the world. And he's coming to change the world. And that's the hope. That's the what we need to hold on to. Because some of our lives are a wreck right now. But we got our eyes on something bigger. And we know our mighty God is going to change that. It might not be in the fog that we live in right now. But we have the promise, the guarantee that He is real. And so as, as, as we start to wrap up and, and of Jesus as the mighty God, the things that we've done to create, the things that He's done to create the world while walking on earth and are, as I said, are so awesome. But the real show will be when he comes back. And that show will show his total power or that he is mighty God, right? As we go out this week, think about Philippians 4. Think about this, right? I don't want to blind anybody. Think about this, right? Are you rejoicing? Are you rejoicing? Does your life say that you're rejoicing? Right? Once again, we're in the Christmas season. Everybody's happy at Christmas, supposedly. Right? But rejoicing and happy are two different things. Happy is a feeling. Rejoicing is a lifestyle. Okay? Because happy is a flavor of the month. It changes all the time. Are you excited to tell people about our mighty God? What He has done, what He is doing, and what He will do. Right? Are you excited? Invite a friend, invite a stranger, invite family to join us next week as we look at Everlasting Father. Um, and just as the kids sang this morning, right, go and tell somebody about my Jesus, right? And, and the hope that we have is that this isn't all that it is. That's the hope we have that this isn't all that it is. But we got to figure out is how do we make more of it? How do we make more of it? Um, I look at at the Carters being married over 75 years, right? How crazy is that? They made more of it, right? I'm sure they had tough times. I'm sure they've had great times, but they've made they made over 75 years, 77, I think of marriage and he even was teaching Sunday school at 90 plus years old 
90 plus years old, he was still teaching Sunday, Sunday school in Plains, Georgia. What are we doing for the kingdom? What are you, what am I doing for the kingdom? The mighty God is ready. He's ready, but he needs some soldiers. Are you a soldier? Right? Or are you just a sideline that, hey, I'll just stay over here. I'll drink a little bit of the water, consume some of it. I'll post a scripture. Or I get the email script, I get the scripture emailed to me, right? That does not count on reading your Bible, okay? But I will say as we, as we close, as we get ready to go, so Ricky, you can come on up. Um, and y'all get y'all out of here early. See, I had y'all scared that we we're going to be here a long time. But facts say, facts say, if you read your Bible, not the verse of the day that's sent to you in the email or the text, if you read your Bible four days a week, not even seven, study says, if you read your Bible four days a week, you have less stress, less depression, less marital issues, less children issues. Everything is a little bit better. That's just four out of seven. Right? Imagine if you up the ante a little bit and try to hit a home run and go seven for seven. Right? But once again, we don't do it because we want to check off the box. We do it because we want to get closer to that mighty God. Right? And for us as parents and grandparents, the sports world, the dance world, the music world, it'll all be there. Okay? I promise you. But the problem is, they will all end a career of an athletic career. They will all end a music career. They will all end a dance career. They will all end a cooking career. Whatever it is. But us as parents, us as grandparents, the career of a Christian is never over. And so as we teach in our home about mighty God, what are we teaching? Right? What are we challenging them to? Because once again, nothing wrong with sports, nothing wrong with music, nothing wrong with dance, nothing wrong with cooking, nothing wrong with those things. But when they leave your house, the real world will hit them in the face. And studies say once again, most students when they're 18 and they leave the house, whether they go to work or go to school, most of them walk away from what they considered their faith. And so as we talk about mighty God, as we go into next week about everlasting father, what are we as parents? What are we as grandparents? What are we as cornerstone? What are we as small group leaders? What are we as neighbors? What are we as seniors? What are we as young people? What are we teaching? And what are we holding tight to? Because that's it, right? Because, I don't know, there was 25 kids up here. We need volunteers, right? We need workers because they need to be taught. They need to be loved on, right? Just like the prayer cards we send out. It is so awesome when I see the individual that has a student's name and and, and goes and talks to them or brings them a gift. It's a connection. It's multi-generational. 
that's what's going to make our church sustain. I mean, obviously, mighty God is going to make our church sustain. But we as Cornerstone, we have to do life together. And parents, it's your responsibility to bring your child to church, to youth, to whatever other activities there are, because they can say they don't want to. And if it's not here at Cornerstone, I'm okay with that. Just like if the Cornerstone's not your home, you're saying, hey, that guy Jeff is a terrible preacher. I'm okay with that. Go find some place you feel comfortable. It's not about Cornerstone. It's not about Galilee. It's not about Jefferson Church. It's about the kingdom. And we got to have our people, our kids, our neighbors in church. So please rejoice this week. Don't let the stress of Christmas steal your joy. And invite somebody to church. Pray for your neighbor. And as, as they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna sing. I'm gonna be down front. Um, and if anybody needs prayer, Miss Sherry, I think, are you free or are you doing something? Miss Sherry will come down front or Miss Tracy will come down front if you don't feel comfortable praying with me. Um, but hey, we need to pray with and for each other. Prayer changes things. That's what a church does. That's what a family does. And once again, this is this. I didn't grow up in church and this is what drives me bonkers. People think, well, oh, Jeff came down to the altar. His life is messed up. No, I'm praising Jesus. I'm celebrating the mighty God that brought me through the valley and I'm standing on the mountain. That's what it's about. And so if you need prayer, I'll be down here, Miss Tracy, Sherry, Andy will be down here, you know. Hey, there's nothing special about it. There's some lights, a little little Christmas bulbs and there's nothing special about it. What's special is the people. What's special is mighty God. So if you need prayer, I'm down here. Miss Sherry, Tracy, Andy, anybody will be down here. We'd love to pray for you, pray with you, hug your neck. I don't know. I just want Jesus glorified today. And I don't know if I did a good job of it, but he's our mighty God. And that's what I want everybody to remember. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for loving us. Lord, thank you for sending your son, the mighty God, to change the world. Lord, I pray for everybody in here. If they don't know you as Lord and Savior, today would be the day they put their trust in you. Lord, I pray for the cars on Highway 11 right there. Lord, I pray for the cars in the public shopping center. Lord, I pray for, Lord, every school in our community right now. Lord, I pray that the teachers that are in them, Lord, they would be bold. Lord, I know they have to be careful, but Lord, I want them to be bold. Stand on the firm foundation that you created, mighty God. Lord, you created it, you were in it, and you're coming back. Lord, those are the promises. That's the prophecy that Isaiah talked about. But Lord, as we get ready to go out, Lord, I just pray that you would really strengthen us. And Lord, if anybody in here right now has a heavy heart or a praise offering, Lord, that they would come down front and and let somebody pray with them, pray for them. Uh, Lord, because we love you. Lord, we want to be difference makers and game changers where you placed us. And that's right here in Northeast Georgia. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. 
To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.